Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. All right, welcome to a late night post game edition. The Sixers hang on to beat a LeBronless Lakers squad 126-121. Lots to dissect from this game before we do. Don't forget, subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com. Joining me for this recap, what is it, 2:30 there, Josh, at this time right now? You're going to record this with me, Mr. Josh Grieve. How are you able to stay awake this late? That's the question I got to ask. A light 2.26 a.m. Um, on, a, on a nice supply of Red Bull and nicotine is how I'm powering through. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, maybe not the second part's the best thing to do, but again, it's up to, that's up to you. Uh, jumping, into, <laughs> jumping into this game, uh, the Sixers, looking at it, again, the Lakers had a, had a feisty, feisty outing. Dwight Howard looked like he was the throwback Orlando Dwight, the way he was, he was hitting some shots from inside the paint. Uh, he had 24, Russbrook had 24. Malik Monk off the bench at 23 that kept the team in it. But looking at this from a Sixers perspective, not a very good start. Looked really good in the second, gave up their lead in the third. But ultimately, Tyrese Maxey hit some big shots to, to help put this game away, shooting better than 48% from three in the fourth quarter. What do you think the difference was in this game, Josh, when, when you look at it? And again, beating a, a severely shorthanded LA squad. I mean, I think you just nailed it right there. The, the difference was Tyrese Maxey. Um, all for the four big starters, Harris, Maxi, and B. The Harden all scored twenty points, but Maxi was the only one who felt like he was really making a difference, especially in that fourth quarter. Um, when there were so many times where the Sixers could have put the Lakers away, and the Lakers just kept fighting back, but Maxi really felt like he was the only one in control of that game in the fourth quarter, and um, he's he's just so efficient. I can't believe it. Well, when you're looking at at the way. Harden and Embiid and the Maxi fit because looking at Harden, he was struggling from the field at the half. You know what I mean? He just couldn't couldn't buy a shot. And I asked Doc in the in the post game. I said, "Hey, you know what was the difference between the first half and the second half for James? Just especially in terms of getting his offensive game going." And he mentioned this. He said, "When he's getting his foot in the paint, that's when good things are happening." And I found that Harden was settling for some jumpers and maybe looking a little bit too much for contact when he's going to the hole and he's actually driving as opposed to maybe using his savvy, using his street smarts. You could tell he's lost a bit of a step, obviously, from his heyday in Houston when it comes to his athleticism. But when you look at what he was able to do in the second half in terms of being more efficient and being more aggressive with the ball and at least maybe using his body using, like I said, his, his basketball smarts in order to create a little bit of an opening to get those shots up in the paint. When you look at how he's fit so far over the last five weeks, since he played, of course, six weeks since the trade, how do you think he's coming along in terms of his chemistry with the guys and what you're seeing from him offensively? So you can definitely still tell that they're still trying to figure each other out. That's to be expected. Um, when he's gotten off to these slow starts, I feel like I feel like when he's driving into the paint and he's not really very engaged, you can tell, and he's just trying to look in to get fouled, and the refs don't want to reward that. And then you saw it in the third quarter of the night. You saw it uh, late in the game against Dallas on Friday. Um, he just, when he goes into the paint, 
those times he looked just more determined and he was driving with more of a purpose and he was either, you know, putting up a better shot, uh, getting that contact to get the foul call or finding a teammate out on the perimeter. So it's, yeah, it's when he's driving to into the lane with more of a purpose is um, when I think it's coming along better for him. Yeah. And then, and, and, and doc said that too, that, you know, we're, we're looking for him to, to stay aggressive, but I think one thing, and we talked about this, obviously at the top of the pod is Maxi's emergence as an offensive cornerstone, really. Uh, I think that's taken away some of the pressure on James to put up points. And, and I think, you know, he's still great. And I mentioned this during the game. I tweeted it out that he's great at facilitating, great at being a playmaker. Still, he had seven assists, seven rebounds in this one. So he's bringing other aspects to his game rather than just trying to put up 30. But w- when you're looking at at how those three, what is like how they fit together in terms of Harden, Embiid, Maxi, what is one area that you might look at right now and think, hey, they can improve on this with only 10 games to go and and, and what what three weeks away from the from the start of the playoffs? Uh, that's a good question. So something that's been a trend is these slower starts. And I think that when Harden and Embiid, especially at the beginning of the game, they've been starting games running a lot of actions for Harden. And Joel Embiid typically uh, throughout his career, um, Jackson Frank was tweeting this during the game as well. He, he gets off to faster starts, so it might be better to start the offense through Joel. I mean, we haven't, we barely even talked about Embiid. He's uh, potentially going to win the scoring title this year, so that that also takes the the load off hard in, in a big way. Um, I think if if they ran more, they ran more sets for Embiid to start the game instead of Harden, instead of those like hard pick and rolls. Um, with Harden that generally work better with a traditional lob threat uh, than Embiid. I think that's something that they can improve on. Josh, we'll take a short break here. I want to jump into some other things, including Doc's lineup, Tobias Harris, who also talked post-game as well. We'll do that coming up in about a minute here. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. All right, we're back. Uh, Josh, we're talking a little bit about the the Sixers fit with Embiid. Harden, Maxi, you mentioned we haven't even talked about Embiid. They were just expecting greatness from him at this point. He also had 30 points and 10, 10 boards in this one. So no disrespect to the big man. And he did say that post game that he hasn't been as good as he was for earlier stretches of the season, but he's also looking at it like I don't have the pressure to score as much. And he's trying to get everybody on the same page. And when you're looking at, at, at what Doc's been doing with the lineups, he's been tinkering with things, which is a welcome sight. For anybody who's followed Doc Rivers and his, his coaching tenure, that he gets stuck on rotations, uh, specifically, you know, and DeAndre Jordan is a guy he's stuck behind. DJ played really good in this one, 14 minutes off the bench, 9.7 rebounds. Uh, but you're looking at what he did to, in, in this one against the Lakers, which was I'm going to go with Maxi with the second unit. Didn't look too too good a little bit in the third quarter, but that that second quarter, that lineup really helped get the Sixers back in and, and, and take the lead. But you're looking at a guy like Tobias Harris. Uh, 20 points in this one, seven, seven rebounds, five assists. I love what Tobias was hearing, was doing part of me when he had like somebody like Carmelo Anthony switch on him or Malik Monk, that he's got the size advantage, maybe not in terms of height, but just in terms of weight. And he's a, he's a big dude when you look at Tobias in person, 
when, when you look at his importance to this team, I think it's been established now at this point that Maxi is the number three guy if you look at Embiid and Harden. But when you look at Harris, how important do you think it is for the Sixers that he can be a consistent contributor if they want to try and go for a championship? I think it's very important that Tobias is... I think he's figuring out his role. I think he's become more comfortable in that role, especially like within the last week or so. I think... The biggest thing that he's added to this team the last month since James Harden's been in the lineup is his defense. Um, Doc has talked about his defense a lot, and uh, Tobias has really carried a heavy load on defense. There's a lot of nights where he's he's given a tough assignment. Obviously, it did not go well against the Nets in that game. With uh, Durant uh, was able to get whatever he wanted, but I think Tobias has really been a good defender. Um, and I think he's really picked that up the last month or so. And he's just the last week. Uh, offensively, I think he looks more comfortable. He, he's either like, I'm going to, I'm going to take this three or I'm going to drive straight to the basket. And he still has his frustrating Tobias moments too, but he definitely looks more comfortable in his role. And let's wrap up here, Josh. I wanted to ask you this now, looking at the big picture of the standings, the Sixers obviously got that surprise win where again, it was Maxi leading them without Harden and beat in the lineup over the heat after that back-to-back after the ugly loss to the Raptors where they had both their big guns in the lineup. But the Sixers right now, just through tiebreakers, sitting in second overall, tied with the Bucks, tied with the Celtics, a game and a half behind Miami. Uh, the Heat lost, and I can't believe this, they lost to a team without Clay, Draymond, and an injured Steph Curry. Uh, we saw a little bit of a blow-up on the bench between Jimmy Butler and Coach Spo. We saw Udonis Haslam, the resident old guy there, who's the enforcer, basically stepping up to Butler and being like, sit your, you know what, down. Uh, when you're when you're looking at this for the Sixers, and I asked Harden this after the game during during the post-game interviews, I said, you know, how much of, is a, of a priority is it for you guys to try and get the number one seed? And he said, our goal is just to keep on winning and and, and playing the right way. But if you look at this from an objective standpoint, you'd much rather be maybe a, a one seed and take on, you know, a, a team like Charlotte or Atlanta, depending on what happens in the in the play in or, or the Raptors. And that's no disrespect to those squads. I just think they're better matchups. Or you could look at it for the Sixers standpoint and be like, you'd want to finish four and maybe take on Chicago or Cleveland uh, in the first round, depending on what happens there. But do you think it's important at all for Philly to try and get the number one seed? Or are you just like, let's get into the playoffs healthy, at least have home court for the first round and see what happens after that? I think health is definitely the priority, especially with a team centered around Joel Embiid. Um, I think it was after that Mavericks game, Joel got asked like what he's doing to like, preserve his body through the rest of the regular season and he joked just like take jumpers but you can tell that he's definitely you know coasting a little bit through these last 10 games and I think that's more important not because you can try and fight for a higher seed and maybe you still get Brooklyn in round one and the east is so scrunched up at the top this year that it's very likely that that round one series is is not going to be easy either way so I think you got to prioritize health and just getting your guys in the postseason healthy and go from there. Yeah, that, that's going to be interesting over the last 10 games. The Sixers still, I mean, they take on the Clippers on Friday. Then they got a couple of tough back-to-back games in terms of playing Phoenix and, and Milwaukee. That Milwaukee game obviously will have something to do with the, with the big picture in the Eastern Conference, but it's going to be exciting. We're Like I said, we're three weeks away from the playoffs. The Sixers right there in terms of trying to get home court. Depends on what happens, obviously, with the Heat because they're in control of their own destiny, but as I said, Josh, the Sixers in a logjam right now. We're going to see how things play out here. I want to thank you for joining me and staying up this late to do this. First time on the pod. Looking forward to uh, having you on again with me again in the future. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on.
All right, that's Josh Grebe. He actually wrote the recap for this game on LibertyBallers.com. You can check that out, and he'll be contributing to the site going forward a ton as well. That'll do it for this episode. As I mentioned off the top, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us wherever you get your fix. And, of course, as I mentioned, we'll have you covered for all things Sixers through the stretch drive of the regular season and into playoffs at LibertyBallers.com. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.